0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Hello and welcome in to this week's edition of The Hard Foul. I am your host, intern Joe Machico. With me as always is my co-host, Mr. Jack Veltri. And also with us this week, our guest needs no introduction. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Kev Roche. Kev, how are we doing?
2: I'm
0: all right, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me on.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, thanks for joining us, man. I always appreciate it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so Kev, just wanted to jump into some questions real quick. What are you, what are you thinking about this men's team, man? I know you've watched a lot of Gamecock hoops over the years, some good, some bad. But uh, how are we feeling about this year's team? Man, this team's fun.
0: Um, I was just kind of—it's a breath of fresh air, I guess. You kind of say. I mean, the way uh, the. The way Lamont's put this together, kind of from a roster construction standpoint, has been uh, really impressive. Dating all the way back to last year, when he you kind of get the the tips from Gamecock Central or whoever about, all right, he's looking at Stephen Clark, looking at BJ Mack. Just kind of go watch watch some of their highlights, uh, and it's been kind of can you can see from the way they played last year, it's like okay, I see what he's trying to do. And so this year, to kind of have him get a little more chance to get the guys he wants. Um, and see kind of like playing out now. We've got like proof of product, uh, it's been exciting. So it's fun watching basketball,
1: yeah, absolutely. This is essentially the, the transfer portal era of college basketball, Kevin. One of the things that we like to talk about a lot on this show is, uh, you know the difference between this year's team and last year's team, how much more together that this year's team plays with. And it's not to, you know, dish on last year's team or, or years prior, but this year's team is something special or you can, you can feel that something special or something different, if you will, um, in this men's basketball program. How do you feel about that? And like, what are you happy with the direction that this year's team is is going?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, it's been, like I said, it's been kind of like a pleasant surprise. You kind of, pieces you can see the way he's putting together they're starting to make sense but you didn't know how fluid would be as a as a finished product and i mean it's still early in the season nine conference and especially i think from the defensive end the way lamont was harping on you know he really needed team defense to step up and he said there was some shooting which kind of like we've heard around here before and like okay i believe they shooting when we see it but uh the way that I mean, I've been impressed with the defense. I mean, the shooting kind of made sense when you see who they they, they bring in Studi. Michi can shoot from three and four point land. Um, and and then you got Talon Cooper. I mean, he's been a knockdown shooter. It's kind of as you're watching them, you just kind of get more and more confidence in the guys hitting open shots, which in past years around here, and I think the big difference is when you have multiple shooters on the floor at the same time, like you bring in Eric, Eric Stevenson's like, oh, this is our shooter which is cool, but if you only kind of have one shooter, um, defense can key on that. You can't have the floor spaced. So this year, man, just watching the floor spaced, and, and Lamont's talked for a while about he wants to let his guards play and, like, open up the floor and let them make decisions. And just to watch them play, like, you know, free and easy and and letting the threes fly, it's been, it's been real fun. And like I was saying last year, you could kind of see it a little bit, but the pieces didn't really fit. It was kind of like some redundancy. Like as far as, and nothing against the team last year, but like Chico Carter and Jacoby Wright. It's kind of, you're looking at similar type players, similar size. And this year you've got Miles Studi, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, Talon Cooper, 6'4". Why is the house? Like you've got some more physically imposing guys that also have the ability to shoot it. So yeah, it's been, this year's been really fun. All the game, I mean, they've played some, some good games. You know, Notre Dame's not, to the levels where they were in the past, but you get an exciting non-conference like group or power five team to come into colonial life early in the year. We don't always have that. So it's been fun man. They play V tech. Um, the, the more Grand Canyon, the more they can get these kind of like are, are invited to more of these um, tournaments before the season really kicks off. Kind of like these, you know, little tip off things and that, that they're involved and actually you're getting to play in them. Cause I think for a while, we weren't ever involved in the big 12 sec um, challenge which I get like, kind of on the lower end of the SEC schools at that point, but um, to be involved in this and kind of like see him on the on the big stage is, has been fun.
2: Now, Kev, just wanted to ask you: obviously, you know, eight and one on the year, you were pointing out all the big wins they've had. Uh, I, I saw it the other day on the forums that you know in, in bracketology with Joe Linardi, you know, South Carolina is a ten seed right now. Uh, do you think the way they're playing is? sustainable because you know obviously SEC play is a different type of animal and stuff but honestly I mean if they finish out strong in non-con play you go into conference play with maybe one or two losses and then you go through SEC play it's a little tougher but you finish out with maybe six seven wins do you think this team has a shot at getting to the tournament maybe
0: I mean I don't want to put too big a hope up I guess um but they they've been impressive. And the way that they, I mean, the Clemson game, like Clemson's a tournament team. V has been a tournament team in the past. Um, the Clemson game, they went, the way they went up there on the road, uh, that was impressive. And that, that game was right there. They knocked a couple shots down and some little small things kind of, they tightened some things up, you know, they could get out there with a win and you're looking at an undefeated non-con around here, even when Carolina was good. I mean, I think Frank had that run of like four years, three years, they finished in the top three or four years, they finished in the top four in the sec, but they'd always have these losses in the non-con that would kill their tournament chances. So they're taking care of business on that this year. sec is tough. I mean, it's, you got like pro level guys on a bunch of teams bigger, faster, stronger, but I mean, I like the way this team plays. They play like based on talent and skill kind of like they can shoot dribble pass. So it'll be interesting. I think, they run into teams that with a little more size, and you kind of saw that against Clemson. Uh, that might be a little hard for them on the on the backboards to kind of keep the rebounding even. But um, I don't know. I think they got a shot. Uh, so it's going to be fun. I hope everybody comes out because you know starting right up. I think first game Mississippi State. I mean, yep. They they got to be sure to like if they can get a get a game in conference. They got to make sure they take advantage of those opportunities, especially at home. So yeah, people should be locked in coming conference season. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I was going to ask you about that, Kev, because obviously you saw a really good atmosphere against Notre Dame, um, and that should excite a lot of people. Um, and excited, sure, certainly excited me to see it um, as a former, you know, student or student of the university, um, watching the the Kentucky game my freshman year, storming the court. That was crazy. Um, how excited does that make you to see fans going out to Colonial Life, and then also to um, how much do they need to go out for? You know, Mississippi State starting on January sixth.
0: Yeah, um that's awesome. It's been shown, especially Kentucky games every year. I mean, yeah. part of that is because Kentucky travels and that arena gets a large portion of it is blue. Yeah. But I mean I remember the LSU game uh I guess two years ago, Frank's last year, where kind of like the tournament chances were there and man, people show up and that that team was no offense to Frank's teams. Not maybe the most I love I mean, Frank got us to yeah. a final four. So I I owe him a lot. But that team maybe wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing style of ball. And I think this one, like, you can, you don't even have to be a fan of South Carolina. Like, it was like, oh, it's good ball movement. They're knocking down open shots. Like, this is legit fun to watch. So, I think it's it's probably maybe taken a little bit. I think fans around here are kind of just a little, oh, we've seen this before. Maybe this team, you know, maybe they start off well and kind of fade. Um, so, but I think they're kind of getting the picture now, and the more the games they watch on TV, especially on this non-conference uh, schedule where – and they colonial life. If you give them a reason, I think they'll come out. It's been proven with the women's team. Um, so the men's team, just like no fault of Lamont, Obviously, he just got here, but it's kind of taking fans a little bit to get warmed up. Be like, oh yeah, we can be a basketball fan. school too. I think a lot of people forgot what that felt like. So uh, I think you know they they put a strong showing together in the non-con. You go in twelve and one or thirteen and one. I forget how many games they'll have, but that should that should get people kind of fired up around here for for January sixth.
2: Now speaking of Frank Martin and stuff, and this is kind of a two-part question. So I'll start my first question. Got to ask, you were definitely around when this team went to the Final Four and stuff, uh, Joe. I know you were in South Bend. Um, I was, you know, not. I wasn't a student here yet. Can you just explain kind of what that time was like when this team was, you know, making the tournament and then going to the Final Four? What
0: was that kind of like? Oh, like when we all died and went to heaven. That that's.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that was, um,
0: man, that was kind of, like I said, Frank had a strong stretch where in conference play, they would wear teams down and kind of pick up wins. And it would always just be, they'd have good ball movement. And like I said about the shooting, they would just miss shots. Like you couldn't hit a three, nobody on the team could shoot or something like that. It was always just a little bit that couldn't complete a possession. And then for, I don't know what happened, planets aligned, but that like three week stretch, all these open jumpers, which they'd always got, they were able to get them, but they were all just, they were knocking them down big plays. That was, um, I mean, I think that was like probably the most fun I've had following a team. It's probably like my greatest sports memory. I mean, South Carolina went to the final four. That's insane. So, and they were never in the tournament. And then the the one year they get in the tournament, they rattled off four straight beat Duke. I mean, it was, it was an incredible feeling. And then, Kind of not to say they didn't build on it, but it was kind of just like a flash and like sin PJ left. Those are studs. Like you got to recruit studs to be there's that, that a reason they could play at that level. So um and they kind of built it back up, I guess, toward the end of Frank's turn with kind of like the Devin Carter team. Like I said, the LSU game, that team was close um right before the G.G. Jackson year. But uh I don't know, man, it was it was special around here for a little bit. That was that was a really fun time. And I think, you know, when they when they got back from, I think it was the first, I remember it was the, if they were getting back from the first weekend, or it might have been from New York weekend when they are about to go to the Final Four. And they just had, like, I, I don't know, it was like 12 o'clock. I don't know what time it was, midnight sometime. they just had, a, like, a gang of people outside of CLA. And, like, Frank was talking. I mean, that's – and it kind of gives you a little window of like what this place can be. If, you know, if you want to invest in basketball like that and everybody's pulling in the same direction, like you can have exciting times.
2: Now, going off that, uh, sounds like a lot of fun, by the way. Um, you know, with that transition from Frank to Lamont, you know, obviously, Frank, we know how his tenure kind of ended. He had some good years, but he also had some bad ones. He didn't have a winning record as a coach until our or winning season as a coach, I should say, until year three. Lamont, I mean, he seems to be on the right track right now, eight and one, you know, finishing out non con play and then SEC play. Where do you feel like the big difference has been in Lamont's coaching um, you know, from last year to this year?
0: Uh I think I think it's just his ability to get his guys in here a little bit more. Um, there's portals kind of like a crapshoot. Like you don't know who's all gonna go in the portal. I mean, if if they don't land BJ Mack. As kind of like the centerpiece of this puzzle. I mean, I don't know. Obviously it's kind of like a force multiplier. Like I don't know if Steven Clark's as effective or, or Miles Studi's as effective. So he's um, the, like I said, the roster construction and that's kind of giving me confidence. And also this, the work he's doing on the recruiting trail um, with kind of getting in, getting in on some guys early. And, and I really like the guys they have coming in for 2025, 2024 is, all right, so you got a six-six shooter from Kentucky. Those things, I mean, that might work out. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, it's just it's just about the roster construction. I think he's always kind of wanted to play, but or play this way, but when you don't have the pieces, obviously that can look a little misjointed. And I think, I mean, just as, as an example, the work the work Michi Johnson's done, like the improvement from last year to this year. I mean, he looks he's still gonna shoot from 28, 29 not as often like I saw him pass up a, like an open shot in transition kick like did an extra pass to the corner in the ECU game and I don't I was kind of flummoxed I wasn't sure I'd witnessed that <laughs> but he was um he's just the, the the steady improvement and I think you gotta obviously give credit to him but I think too like Lamont's obviously with what he's teaching these guys he's getting through to them kind of the correct way to play um so so yeah, it's, it's I've been I've been very impressed with him. After not knowing him that much, I mean, I wasn't locked into uh, to UT Chattanooga. Um, but uh, well, yeah, what he's shown last year with just being able to kind of maintain the how rough that year kind of went in some ways, and then bouncing back this year, and then the portal. I think he's the way college basketball has changed as far as portal, he's, he's he showed a great way to be able to like, okay, this is what I want. I'll go in and get these guys and I can come back out. Frank was more kind of get a guy who's very athletic, but maybe a little raw. And so the development would take maybe three or four years. And the way basketball is now um, with, with the portal, you just, I don't know if you have time for that kind of development. Like you kind of are able to turn things around quickly, which is good, but that also puts a little clock. Like if, If it's three or four years of kind of the same stuff, people are wondering, you know, why can't – you know, what's taking so long? Why can't we go get a quick fix somewhere?
1: Yeah. Kev, I did have like a follow-up from that because you said, you know, he was at Chattanooga before this. Do you think that's an advantage in the transfer portal era, having to, you know, assemble a roster at a smaller school like that and then having to go play and then also having success? Do you think that's an advantage for Lamont, especially at a school like South Carolina?
0: Yeah, I think kind of – I don't know it kind of proved that he can put stuff together. Like when he doesn't have all the resources it's kind of talk about in college football all the time, uh, recruiting kind of like with the logo, it's like, Oh, these guys can get everybody from Alabama, but if they come here, it's a little bit tougher. Lamont was putting together a tournament team that, yeah. I mean, Chattanooga's Chattanooga's a good program, but I think he's been resourceful in the way he's put these teams together. You know, you got D'Souza, um, from Kansas has kind of built an offense around him. Um, and they made that tournament run. so he's been he's been able to do a lot with not a ton of resources. So we were hoping that you know obviously the the goal is once you get some SEC resources, maybe that even even furthers things like what you're possible, what you're capable of.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you mentioned Michi earlier, you know, obviously, you know, we all know, you know, last year was, Kind of a crapshoot with, you know, who's shooting the ball and all that, because you had Gigi, you had Michi, and then there's kind of a significant drop-off. No disrespect to any of those guys, they're not on the same type of level. Now that Gigi's gone, you take away so many of those shots that he had to probably take on a consistent basis, and then you leave it to Michi and everyone else. But Michi's honestly done a really good job of being, like, I think a better team player and stuff. He doesn't need to be the guy that takes – you know, 25 shots a game. He can, he'll still take his threes, like you said, Kev, but he's also driving to the rim and stuff. So I wanted to ask you just what are your thoughts on the way he's kind of turned it up lately? Cause I think four of his last five games, he's had more than, you know, he's had double digit points. So uh, just give me your thoughts on him and, uh, you know, what he's been able to do.
0: Yeah. Michi's, I I, I really like Michi last year. You could tell that that was kind of like the high upside guy. He's athletic, like he can make money playing pro ball somewhere if he wants like whether it's you know like NBA roster maybe if things work out but definitely like overseas like this guy's athletically gifted so it was it was fun to watch him last year when he showed flashes um but like you said it was kind of was hit and miss like I, I think that was kind of like his first year really getting the opportunity to play that much. I don't think he played that much at Ohio State uh due to injury and and, and things like that. But you could tell he was just out there kind of like and Lamont let him go to Lamont's credit kind of like freewheeling a little bit because I don't know who else besides Gigi that was a shot creator last year so this year i think it's probably been helped by the guys he has around him um and also maybe just just a year under lamont and, and getting kind of like that work um and understanding what he wants but I, it, it looks like he's not forcing it as much and it looks like he's a lot calmer and in control of the situation like carolina shoots a lot of threes and sometimes they'll go, you know, three, four possessions where that thing will fly up, but they're not hitting any. And that can get kind of you know, like, all right, we need to get the ball inside. But I think I've, one thing I've noticed about Miji this year is he kind of like has a little, a little clock in his head. Kind of like, all right, that's about three or four possessions. Next time I'm going to like drive to the hole and either try to finish at the rim or get fouled. Kind of slow this thing down, make sure we get some points. So that's – he's done that a couple times when Carolina's going through drops. I think that's a sign of maturity when you can do that. Kind of like goes to show he's understanding the game as like a big picture, not just let me get a bucket on this possession or stuff like that. So his his improvement has been great. And like I said, he's kind of settling in with the three-point shot. I'm fine with – I mean, he hits a lot of those deep threes. As long as they're coming at just – and I think Carolina does a good job with the team as a whole. Like they, they shoot a lot of threes. They don't shoot a lot of rush threes. Like, they're getting good ball movement, and these shots are open. Sometimes you hit them, sometimes you don't. They've done a, a really good job of hitting them this year. But I think Michi's just kind of – he's picking his spots a little a little easier. You could see in the ECU game. I don't know if he was doing that on purpose or just – I mean, but he stayed under control. He didn't have a lot of shot opportunities first half. And then the end of the game where you need a bucket, he kind of stepped up and was like, all right, let me be a, a leader and make sure – I'm the one either taking the shot or making the play here to make sure we get a good shot in this possession. So he's been his improvement this year, I think, has been drastic from last year. And uh, yeah, it's just it's been real fun to watch him. I hope it continues.
1: Yeah, Kev, um, I did want to ask you about the big men too. Obviously, BJ Mack playing some of his best ball so far, um, and then Josh Gray has stepped up. Stephen Clark as well. How do you, you know, rate the big men? Where where do you see them all fitting together? And, and do you like the production so far?
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, BJ Mack, I, this is like 6'9", six, 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 maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Not all that explosive. Uh, no offense to BJ Mack. He's way more explosive than me. Um, but uh, he's just – he's a really fun player to watch because he's really talented. You can see he's got some post moves can feel when somebody's on his body knows when to spin off. So it, he doesn't really get sped up too much. Um, and then, uh, and then his ability to shoot just kind of like opens up the entire floor. He can pass Stephen Clark's kind of like a slasher, dirty work guy who can pass as well. Um, he's been the Clemson game. He had a real good game. He was just doing a lot of like seeing that the the floor is vacated, cut to the open area, get the ball finish at the rim. So you, if you can get that out of Stephen Clark, like eight, eight points a game, but he's doing all the other stuff, too, diving on the floor, um, getting rebounds, finishing. A couple of that ECU game had a real big challenge on the defensive end uh, with that last shot. I think it was Pettiford, their point guard. <clears throat> but um, the pieces have been coming together nicely. That We were with uh, Gray and, and Verdant last year, which, you know, I'll, I'll, those guys are great. I love their, their hustle and, you know, especially Gray that can provide that big a body. Not all the – not the highest level of, you know, offensive output down there. You can't really like throw it to him on the block and say, get a bucket. But now when you have BJ Mack coming in, who can do that? I mean, I like the ball. I like when he gets the ball kind of on the perimeter and then just kind of backs his way to the post. Mm -hmm. So Carolina's had times before like trouble getting the ball into the post. And if you can just take it down there yourself, that's kind of like another Avenue to get down there. So BJ is kind of like the playmaker and the rest of those guys is kind of filling behind him. If you have BJ Mack, that kind of bumps, you know, Josh Gray down to, like, a level that he's kind of, I guess, more suited for. It was just, like, get in there, rebound. He did a great job on a seal-off. Um, I think it was the Clemson game, which is, like, yeah, just you're enormous. Seal that guy off, finish at the rim, feel free to dunk all the time. Um, so, they're bigs. They're, they're going to run into some talented bigs in the conference part of the season. But for right now, I mean, they, they look like – the team looks – for putting together four starters in the portal and some other pieces, they look like they've been playing together for a while. So I think that's a testament to just everybody on the, on the squad's overall like knowledge of basketball. Like they know how to play. They can fit in with other people that know how to play.
2: Now looking ahead a little bit, you know, they start, you know, a five game homestand leading right into sec play on Saturday. You got Charleston Southern Winthrop, Elon, and then you you know, you have Christmas and all that, and then you come back and play Florida A and M before you have another week off and you play Mississippi State to open SEC play. So my question for you is, you know, <clears throat> four games left in non-con play, what do you want to see from this team? Uh, you know, finishing strong, that sort of thing, heading into SEC
0: play. I think just a continuation of what they have been doing. Um, they, I was I was surprised with the layoff, the Thanksgiving layoff, uh, how, how strong they came out against Clemson. So I think, you know, obviously Lamont's doing well with layoffs. So the fact that there's a little time off here and breaking the schedule, maybe we can keep that up of having them primed and ready to go. But um, I think, you know, a four and finish to the non is attainable. So I would love to see him go in with just that one Clemson loss and just really have this thing rolling. But I would just, I think it feels like, all the games they've played, it kind of feels like they're working on themselves more than uh, going against the opponent. Like you don't really see the fluctuation of, well, oh, they came out flat or they're fired up for this game. They kind of come out pretty steady and are just concerned with, you know, getting good shots. And it's kind of like uh, a quiet confidence of if they can, if they play the way they they can play, then the results will be like they'll be favorable. They'll be what they're going to be. They can, they have a chance to come out of here with a win. So those four games are all, you know, I don't know. I'm, they'd be favored in all of them. I'm sure. Now you see other guys kind of take a note. Um, Seth, Seth Davis saying he didn't even realize South Carolina was seven and up. So against the Clemson game, disrespectful, Seth. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I almost retweeted the, the Jeff Goodman uh, tweet, which kind of forget how you, how you worded it, but basically it was like Clemson got the win, but, my main takeaway from that game was how good South Carolina looked. So they're starting to turn some heads here nationally. Um, so if they can keep that momentum, which again, this the the players he got from the portal are uh, all experienced. So this is like an older group of guys, um, and I feel very kind. We haven't talked about Talon Cooper yet, but he's one of my favorites that that Lamar brought in of this this new group. He's been such a steadying force, um, and just. Yeah, I, I love the way he plays. Knocks down open shots, feeds, feeds, gets other guys involved. Six uh, four, so can take. He's got a mismatch size wise. It's comfortable taking his guy into the post. So it seems like the people like on the team have a good head on their shoulders and kind of are focused and realize. I mean, you heard them, the Virginia Tech game, maybe or the or the Arizona tip off challenge. They post post game when they won the thing, they sounded focused. They maybe looking too far ahead, talking about the NCAA tournament, but I think this team's focused and kind of, like, has a good head on his shoulders to understand what's, what's at stake and what's possible. So, um, yeah, just continue the momentum and uh, play their game, and they should they should be looking at one loss here coming into SEC play.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Hopefully. Not Knock, knocking on wood here, Kev. Yeah, yeah, I have to. yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to jinx anything. That's just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Kev, there's one more player I wanted to ask you about before we ask you how many quarter zips you have. Um, Colin Murray Boyles has been a really, really good freshman, obviously um, coming back from mono, but stepping right into the lineup. Um, What have you seen from him? And also how much faith does that give you that Lamont's recruiting the right guys?
0: Yeah, uh, a lot. That was probably the guy I was most interested to watch like ahead of the season. And and then when you, you get the mono tweet, that was a major bummer. But uh, man, he's looked, you know, for I don't, but they say he lost like 10, 15 pounds. Um, so obviously you'd expect him to kind of be a slow build. But man, they, they threw him into that Clemson game and he, he, he was in there. Um, so I think maybe probably a, a couple more games and he gets even more strength with him. But I mean, he's been impressive, kind of just fit right in. Uh, he does a really good job of like catching the ball on contested passes, kind of just puts it like he's got a wingspan they will throw it up to him, and he comes down with it. So even just like little stuff like that, that's kind of if you see guys do that, it, it doesn't look stress or like forced or stressed. It's a very he's a very natural player. So um, yeah, he's been I, he he gets a little air on on his free throws. Uh, I wasn't yeah. prepared for that, but um, now he's been he's been good. I, he's gonna only get better. Uh, and the fact that he's like I said, he's looked so natural and kind of like is a seamless fit for this. Is as far as he's played three games now in college um it'll be good to get him some more run and kind of like build that up because you're going to need him I mean he's already getting big minutes and you're going to need him come SEC play that's another another low post body and uh he just looks kind of like a facilitator like Mm -hmm. like can can make plays for himself and others you saw him at uh ECU game where he kind of caught it in like a semi transition and just made a quick dribble move and finished at the rim like that stuff's exciting so he was he was a the way he uh performed his his senior year in high school um i think caught a lot of people by surprise so i've been excited about him ever ever since then especially him being a local guy so yeah this is i'm I'm very excited to see what he can play i think he's gonna get big minutes and probably be like a pretty big force uh on his team for everything that he can do shoot pass dribble so yeah he's a he's a big one him and him and michi and and a a bunch of guys really but Colin murray Boyle's is, is gonna be fun to watch him and his growth to see where he ends up by the end of the year. He gets gets his weight back up. You know, Scott Greenwald's gonna put some weight on him before next year. We we know that. So yeah, he's he's gonna be a fun one to watch for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jack, do you want to hit some ads before we let Kev get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. First off, our good friends over at Liberty Tax, Tax ID is an uncertain feeling you get. Right before doing your taxes, but you don't have to go through it alone. The tax team at Liberty Tax in Irmo, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax. That's accurate and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you think you might be owing Uncle Sam, talk to the Liberty Tax team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you. Locally owned and operated staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood, open nine to nine on weekdays and nine to five on Saturdays. Multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, your return will be ready to review and sign. Give them a call on your screen right now. And for those listening, 803-462-5576. Once again, 803-462-5576 for all of your tax needs. And the show is also brought to you by our good friend Clint Hammond of the Movement Mortgage Network. In need of help with your mortgage, call on our good friend Clint Hammond. He's been in the mortgage industry since 2003, which allows him to help everyone from the first-time home buyer to the complicated and complex jumbo buyer. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance, nothing is more important than a well-thought-out financial strategy that comes with five-star customer service. He's even helped out our very own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback Perry Orth with their mortgages. So give our guy Clint a call. He's the best. 803-771-6933. Once again, on your screen right now, and for those listening, 803-771-6933. Kev, man, again, how many, how many, how many quarter zips you have in, in your closet? You asking Santa for a quarter zip this Christmas season?
0: Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna be buying more. I almost came on here with the, uh, I don't, I got a Nike Windrunner. It's a full zip, so I didn't want to overheat during the, yeah. show. But I almost, I was almost gonna wear it just for solidarity purposes. This is a, this is a movement, and it's about more than just quarter zipping during games. It's quarter zipping during life. So, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll be, we'll be copping some more of those.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kev, before we get you out of here, you want to tell where the people tell the people where they can find you and what you're what you've been up to?
0: Yeah, um Kev Roche on Twitter, K E V R O S H A Y. Um just help helping phonetically sound it out, that's not how it's spelled, but um yeah. <clears throat> we can't have any any roach mispronunciations. Um so yeah, I'm I'm there on Twitter, uh, tweeting dumb stuff and Carolina stuff all the time. Uh, cartoon work also be posted there. So yeah, we're just put out uh did some work for ESPN's hockey um uh, and hockey advertisement they just they started running last night so I'm normally on baseball but uh they got me drawing drawing guys in hockey pads so that's fun um and yeah hopefully some more stuff with uh USC's uh logo in the future too so we'll we'll see what that holds but uh yeah. that's that's about it just enjoying the enjoying the games
1: yeah, how cool was that to see the women's basketball uniforms?
0: That was really cool. I mean, obviously Jack wrote the article, um, but uh, yeah, that was I was unaware, and then all of a sudden it was just on the timeline. So uh, yeah, that was that was really cool. Didn't expect to see the uh, the cocky with thick eyebrows face on the women's shooting shirts, but um, I got and they're two and zero in them. Uh, they just beat Utah in them, so I don't know. Men's team, we can do that. Yeah. Yeah,
2: man, man. They need hey, they need to hit you up, dude. Hey, if yeah. y'all don't know about this guy, he is one hell of a cartoon. <laughs> ESPN, Cocky, USC. I mean, this guy is awesome. He does he does great work here at USC now. So yeah, I mean, Kev, you're doing great work. And uh we're looking forward to seeing what you got next, man.
0: Appreciate it, Jack. Thanks for the article and appreciate that tag. We'll be sending you twenty dollars uh, Venmo. Um yeah, no, nah, appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for y'all having me on. This has been this has been real fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, Kev is also my local Bears fan down here in the South. So, my my favorite Bears fan. We always we've been texting. The Bears have been doing good, Kev.
0: Uh, you see, Ngakwe broke his
1: ankle. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, that's a good no, wrap. Bear down as always, Kev. Oh, thank gosh. you for coming on, and that will do it for this week's edition of the Hard Foul. As always, I'm your host, Intern Joe Machika. That's my co-host, Jack Veltri. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you next week.